Excuse me. Uh, hello? Excuse me. Uh, excuse me. I I I want to speak. I want to speak to your manager. You want to speak to the boss? Yes, yes. The boss, uh, whoever is in in charge here. Uh, what what is that? Oh, it's just just his health bar. Give it a second. He's kind of extra, so you're gonna hear the cameras doing the thing where they're like zooming zooming out and. It's gonna go further than you think it will, but it, it oh, be no, it's not even it's not even symmetrical. It's getting longer on that side. Yep, it does this weird thing where it wraps her a bit and then sort of realigns itself because it also thinks he's funny. But you know, this is what you wanted, right? Um, how recently was there a checkpoint outside here? <laughs> um, I mean, there's tills at the front. There's a checkout if you want to check out. I'm just gonna go. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to an ep- another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast by two queer trans women. That's us. We're wifey types. We have a bit of a catch-up about media we've consumed in the week and do silly voices and skits and have a bit of a silly catch-up together. Yeah. How are you? I'm okay. I'm less sleepier than you are. I'm, apparently. I'm on, like, day two of a four-day stint of sleepy mode. Yep. I'm 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 doing I'm doing all sorts of work projects mm-hmm. that uh can't talk about for a while, but they involve a lot of a lot of things that are not my usual work job on top of my usual work job, so I'm a sleepy bean. My sleepy little bean. I'm trying to get my little micro naps in where I can, because oh, oh yeah. I've got to sleep deprive myself just like a little bit this week. Well, you did you did manage to get like a couple of Couple of minutes in, just oh, before yeah. we started recording. I got a little, like five minute nap in just before recording. Yeah, like that's that's how I survive weeks like this. Is I just let myself have a little five minutes here, a little ten minutes there as a treat. You know, as a treat, and then I wake up and go. I'm awake. I can record a show. <laughs> so yeah, what you been? What, what you been playing this week? Well, I've been playing well. Yeah. I've been playing a bunch of Spirit Island. Yeah, we, this, is, this is a board game. This is a board game. Yeah. I think we were talking about this probably, probably many, a couple of years ago. I feel like many years ago at this point. It was one of the it was one of the first like complicated board games we owned. Yes. Yeah. This is a board game about being gods trying to basically go like, oh, hey, colonizers, get the fuck out of here. Kill all the white people simulator. Yeah. Oh, you're trying, trying to us. invade this island? Uh, let me use my elemental god powers to shove you off of here. Yeah. And you are basically... Just you are the 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 primal spirits of uh, this these islands or series of islands, depending on how you're playing. And um, yes, it was one of the early games we got, especially one of the early heavy games we got, because we I specifically like co-op games because it means that I get to feel like we won together, if rather than getting thrashed by your awesomeness mm. on on the reg. So. God Spirit Island. I think I played like two or three solo games, and then we played a little bit together. I educated you on on how do. Yeah. And then we put it away, and we hadn't really had much chance to get back to it. Yeah. For a number of reasons, but um, I pulled it out again recently. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go through, 
gonna 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 have a look. Uh, I found um, a couple of the expansions on cheap during summer sale stuff. It's like cool. I'll pick those up. And I had heard that there was stuff in at least the biggest expansion, mm-hmm. which comes in a box as big as the base game box. Interesting. Yes. I was like, really? You needed to basically get an entire separate game to make the game the best possible game it can be? Yeah. Sure. Um, and I started sitting down, looked through it, and I was like, huh. Firstly... This manual is badly written. Yes. Secondly, even with the like added bits in the big manual from the Jagged, Jagged Alliance expansion, there is it's two books. The second one is bigger than the first, and there is still it's still very badly written, still tough to organise, and there are still things that are mentioned in the in the living FAQ, which there is a link to in 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 the manual mm. that isn't hasn't been printed in this version of the game. Like I think they're uh-huh. on like twenty-two printings now. Like this, this game has not gone out of print much. This isn't Gloomhaven, which they do like we do a big run once a year, and hopefully you get one if you if you wanted one. Also, we have a second edition coming soon. That's a bunch of new rules and a whole different thing, and it's pissed a lot of the fan base off for various reasons. Yeah. Um, it's like okay, that's a bit weird. Some of the stuff is a bit missing. I spent a decent amount of time on board game geek. Looking for like people's advice and, and errata and stuff like that, and some people have done nice things like here is a like a quick start guide to the game, like playing your very first game. Yes, here is here is how do because we were talking about that that rule book yesterday, and yes. the the analogy that that I tried to throw out that you seem to get would be like yeah that's about right is. It's like trying to explain a forest to someone, but rather than just saying it's a big collection of trees. It was trying to describe, like, every individual tree in the forest, and yep. you chimed in with, like, oh yeah, and it's explaining what moss is, and some oh, of yes. the trees have moss some of on. the trees have moss. Now, if you encounter moss, this is how the moss mechanics work. Yeah, but rather than just giving overview, it's a big area full of trees. They're gonna be quite dense. Yeah. Like, it doesn't give you the, the big picture before, like, getting way too in the weeds on the specifics. It tries to do a big picture thing, and it doesn't really work very well. Yeah. And then... Like, it, it feels like if Jagged Alliance was going to add in a bunch of extra stuff, it could have gone, okay, here is the revised version of that. Now, don't get me wrong, the back of both manuals does have, like, a, here is a rough thing that happens in a turn. But that's not enough for you to learn the game on. Mm. But, um, but, but it is more than most things follow. Uh, Jagged Alliance, the, the back of the manual, like, the quick start on that, does a, a decent job. But because at that point, half the rules you're looking for are in one manual and the other half are in somewhere else, it feels like if you're going to put that much manual in it and go, this basically supersedes everything that's come before it, why not just make one big manual with everything in it? Mm. That would have been much easier to follow. I don't know. But I have been basically thinking the last couple of days, like, I could just write my own simple manual because for the most part the game is not that difficult to play you have a hand of cards each each spirit has like their own board the the board starts um with like a bunch of little tokens on it you add presence to the board which will say uh, which will determine like how far your powers reach mm. and um sort of like bonuses you'll get at the start of every round 
So things like how much energy are you generating? Are you automatically generating certain elements that you can use for things? Um, how many cards can you play per round? Do yeah. you, does your spirit have any like innate abilities that you can work towards? Mm. A lot of the stuff is really reasonably simple, mm. but the the game gets so caught up constantly on. Let me explain this edge case to you. Let me explain this edge case to you. What it doesn't need is like one sort of mid-detailed. Here is an entire run through of a turn. And, and what that entails, and then, like, separately going, okay, here are all the things that might come up as a result of playing a card. We've talked about playing a card, now we're going to talk about, like, the elements of the card and how they work and how that works, and how that interacts with something else. Like, I spent ten minutes earlier trying to work out exactly how damage is defined. Uh-huh. Because sometimes damage is specifically... um damage from your people to the invaders then also you've got damage from the invaders and at that point it damages the uh the uh native population the land itself and you as a spirit if you are there and they cause blight to be created uh-huh but if damage is created through other ways it's like it's okay so am i gonna because this is like an automatic thing because of tokens with on that piece of the board is that also going to damage the land the answer is no unless it says specifically but the fact that i couldn't just go there's a glossary in the back of the manual here is how damage is defined here are the pages it's on i can do that but i still had to go through bits and then eventually find the the perfect definition in a box out on a separate page even when the glossary at the back of the book or the index at the back of the book says here is a thing, here is a definition of, of a thing, and gives you a little description there and tells you what page to find it on. Mm. Like, at one point I was looking for something that was like, okay, the thing you're looking for is on page 15. So I went to page 15 and it's like, ah, this is just a box out about the thing. The, for a full def- explanation of this rule, you need to go to page 17. It's like, why wasn't that as a, this thing is explained on this page and this page? Or even, yeah. because if you're looking for for the, the glossary at the end, surely you just go, this is where you find the full definition of, of the thing. It is a tad convoluted, it seems. It's really convoluted, and it could be simplified, I think. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong, I really don't like the root manuals, because they look like legalese. Yeah. But you can always tell what page to find something on, roughly where it is. And if you look up online and someone goes, oh yeah, the thing you're looking for is this rule thing, you know exactly where to look in the book to find an explanation of what that thing is. Yeah. So it's easy to like direct people to, it's easy to move around. And I just feel like this game, for something that wants to be that heavy, part of the weight seems to come from the fact that the manual's not at all helpfully written. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of edge cases, but you know what? Many, many games go... Here is basically how the rules work. Yeah. Here is how the things do. And you know what? Like, if you can't find an explanation for the thing, just go yeah. with whatever feels or, thematic. Or even correct. just setting it up like, here's how to play the game, and here's a separate FAQ section where if you're having an edge case situation and you need an answer, yeah. look it up here. Yeah, absolutely. Like, come find the edge cases when they become relevant. Don't worry about them at first. 100%. And uh, weirdly, like, I played my first game, like, back after a while... 
I used one of the low complexity spirits out of the uh, core box. And I just to refresh my mind on how to play the game, I didn't use any of the, like, here is a cut-down version so that you can try and work stuff out and have the, like, most simplified version. Because I've played like that before. I think we've only played those rules before. Yeah. But weirdly, like, I'd heard people saying that it's actually more difficult to win a game if you're playing with those rules. Mm. And I think that's true. Like, weirdly, like, having the Blighted Island cards, especially once you've got, like, a whole selection of them from the expansions, um, doing the thing from the errata that says add one extra... So you add, uh, like, two Blight tokens to the uh, island card at the start of the game per player, and then you just add plus one. Mm. Because they worked out mathematically that the numbers don't scale well. So the numbers are like, they work out like usable blight, like the blight that can come off the card before it starts to cause a massive problem yeah. per player. And it's like, in four player, per player, it's like 2.03. But in single player, it, using the, the base amounts, it's something like 1.5. Huh. It's like, uh, or possibly even, it might be 1.3. It's really low. I was like, okay, well, that's good to know that they just went... The thing that solves it is just adding one after after the original number. But why is that not printed in the new manual? Because yeah. apparently the Jagged Alliance manual has to keep up with the later printings of uh, Branching Claw, which is the first expansion. But why not just have new versions of Branching Claw that have the correct... This seems rulings, like such a nonsense. rather than going to the next one and going, yeah. oh yeah, the, the, all of the all twenty two printings of Branch and Claw rulebook are wrong in this way, and this manual will correct it. But that is, it, it feels like such a convoluted non solution. Yeah, yeah, it really Gosh. does, and I'd, like it feels like it'd be worked out. That said, I love the new event system. It adds like a lot of uh, a lot of swings in different directions. Like it. It's thematically quite interesting. So basically, you usually have the spirit phase where you gain stuff from the top of your board. You get any sort of income stuff. You play in cards that you you want to going to play, and you get uh, you pay for those actions with the energy that you've generated. Yeah. Then you do any fast actions. That is so. Some things run really fast. Mm. That was quite a cool thing. And any slow actions. You can put like reminder tokens on the board for what you planned to do with them, but apart yeah. from that, they do not trigger. Then you move into the invader phase, mm -hmm. and that is, or is now, pull an event card, read the event from top to bottom, do as much of it as you can. Anything that doesn't apply doesn't apply. Nice and simple. Yeah. Then you move on to the. Uh, then you do uh, fears. Any fear cards that you've earned, mm -hmm. you do do anything written on that, and then the invaders will. Ravage in a place, which means they, they will attack the land, uh, the uh, native in inhabitants, and uh, you yourself if you have any presence there. Yeah. Then they will build in wherever they explored last round. Yeah. And then they will explore. And then next round, they'll ravage where they built, they'll um, build where they explored, and they'll explore somewhere completely different. So you can kind of plan ahead a little bit. Yeah. And then your slow actions happen, and basically you can go, well, I knew roughly what was going to happen 
during the invader phase and made plans for that. Now this card is good for that. And you might have like specific powers on your board that will do some slightly different things or that will only apply specifically to you. Or you'll have like a unique thing. Uh, like one of the lightning gods like has no slow actions really. As long as they mm. have, as long as they're generating purple uh, elemental power, which I think is air. They will constantly be able to just go, oh, this this is going to act fast, this is going to act fast. Which means they have a lot more mobility on the board, which is good. Um, and then time passes. Any damage that was dealt in the last round that didn't kill anyone will just be removed, and you'll just start the whole process again. Mm-hmm. Is It's really easy, really simple. I have not lost a game since trying this, and I have tried a uh, regular game with the blighted island cars as it should be i've tried with a scenario and an adversary so making it way more difficult than it can be and quickly one other thing i just want to mention about this i really like this game first of all um but also they've added these aspect cards in a bunch of the expansions mm-hmm. they are little bits that you can shove over the four base game low complexity spirits yeah. to just slightly edit them okay. like it'll be like the safe, for example, the Lightning God, you can have a card that will increase the complexity and it just completely changes what their innate power is. It's no longer, if you have purple energy, you can do um, a slow action fast. Yeah. It's now like a whole set of things that you can do. And then your innate powers are also like completely changed. And you can add some of them or, or, mm. or a couple of them. And there's like some cards for all three of the base game low complexity spirits potentially making them much more difficult yeah. and it's nice that you can just go here's the thing you've learnt it now new player that I am teaching if you want to go with a spirit you know we can make it more powerful and do stuff like yeah. that is it's got some good ideas but the manual is horribly written yeah uh, what about you what have you played um it's been a week of playing a lot of stuff I can't talk about for a while, but I can mm. talk about one thing I played this week. You? Um, and it's funny, we started to, this show talking about how, how sleepy I am this week, how yes. I, gotta, I gotta sneak naps in whenever I can. Yeah. Oh, is this you grinding for shinies? Uh, yes, yes. I see. So, um, this week, I definitely am spending a couple of days in Canada or New Zealand or Australia, wink, wink. Um, because there is currently a a three day beta going on for uh, Pokemon Sleep in select regions that I'm definitely within and didn't find a way around. Um, so yes, for anyone who's not aware, Pokemon Sleep uh, was advertised originally like I think like three years ago, something like that, as a sleep health app slash Pokemon game. And I'm just gonna say up front. I, I am using this with the full knowledge that the, the the only reason this game exists is in order to harvest and sell my sleep data for some sort of purposes. I'm sure that there is someone benefiting off of collecting data about my sleep, and I am going in, like, acknowledging that being what it is. I'd say I'd wide open, but it's all about sleeping. Exactly. Look, if I played multiple years of Pokemon Go in which, like, my my physical location in the world was being constantly tracked and sold off, like, I feel like I can be okay with what time I fell asleep and woke up. I think and that's I why they know that. you're in, in Canada or New Zealand, because exactly. they use your Pokemon Go data. Well, I mean, exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, Pokemon Sleep. 
So, like, here's, here's the gist of it. Um, there is a Pokemon professor. He wants to research Pokemon sleeping habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best way to do that is for you to synchronize your sleep schedules with the Pokemon or some such nonsense. So With your sleep schedule? Yeah, uh, yeah apparently. Oh, wow. So, you tell the game, like, what time... Like, on average, what time do you want to have gone to bed by? And my work schedule is wild. So I put 2am in. I was like... Because you get a little bonus in-game if you go to sleep by, like, by or before your... your uh, the thing that you've set is like, this is roughly my bedtime. And most nights I'll get to bed before 2am. Um, you know, maybe... Bed at least, maybe if I'll, you're not asleep. Maybe I'll shuffle that to 2.30. Um, give me some, some, some wiggle room on Dice Funk nights. <laughs> um, yeah, but the general gist is that you put the... There, there is a peripheral that will at some point soon exist, but currently doesn't exist. So currently, here's, here's what you got to do. When you go to sleep, you press on the thing like, I'm, I'm going to start sleeping now. And you put the game, your phone with the game on, uh, plugged in, you know, so it's charged, on your mattress, so it can sort of sense you, you know, rest, uh, tossing and turning and right. hear sounds when you make sounds and whatnot. Right. And then you put it face down, not on lock screen, face down on your mattress. Right. Uh, the game will turn the screen off, so it's not, like, running the screen, but apparently, like, putting it in lock screen would stop it data collecting or whatever. Right. And you tell it what time you want to get up, uh, and it, it, it what it wants to do is one of those alarms that's like, because it's registering how deep of a sleep you're in, right. it's like, do you want to have a bit of wiggle room around that that alarm time? So if it's like, let's say 20 minutes before then, but you are in a light phase of sleep... Yeah, I used we'll... to know a guy with a watch that did this thing. Yeah. It's like, I can um, tell where your sleep pattern is. Yeah, which... If we're waking you now, yeah. you won't feel exhausted when you wake yeah. up. And honestly, that that aspect of it did work really well. It happened this morning. It woke me up about ten minutes before, like I told it to, and I woke up and was like, I don't feel like I've been wrenched out of sleep, uh, which was like, eh, go you. Uh-huh. Um, here is what I learned about my about my sleep from from Pokemon Go last night. I slept for six and a half hours. Yep. Uh, about six and a half hours. That Three sounds about makes. right. Uh, found some Mareeps and some Wobbuffets. We'll get to them in a second. Um, apparently of that, an hour and 20 minutes, I was lightly dozing. Uh, about four hours of it, I was what the game calls snoozing. Uh, and an hour or so of it, I was slumbering, which is like the deepest kind of sleep. How does it know? How is it not affected by my also sleeping in the same bed? I don't know. I'm going to assume it's because like, you are far enough across the bed that you are making less of an impact on bed movements. I don't know. Well, it's the power of memory, phone. But uh, it gave me a, a rating of 75 out of 100, and from what I can tell, that's largely because I got less than eight and a half hours sleep, which this game considers, like, what I should be getting. The game's like, hey, hey, if you want to get a good score, get a full eight, eight, eight to eight and a half hours sleep in the night. And I'm like, eight and a half hours? Yeah. It's eight and a half hours sleep. I'm like, video game, um, you're overestimating me. I'm never going to get 100% on this. Um, uh, it also registered, it took me 20 minutes to get to sleep, which sounds about right. The last night. Took me about twenty minutes to to properly nod off. I mean, yeah, there was th- yeah. there was cuddling and listening to empty bowl and yeah. it was about twenty minutes, I think, for yeah. failing to stay awake enough to help you with the Sudoku and then roll over and then not quite get to sleep and then get to sleep. Um, 
And then in the morning, some Pokemon had appeared, based on the kind of sleep I'd had. Uh, there was a Wobbuffet with lipstick on, there was like a couple of different kinds of Mareep that slept different ways. Uh, a Charmander. I couldn't tell you if you got the Charmander or if the Charmander was just visiting. The Charmander is, I think, the only one that's going to stick around. The Charmander, Aww. I gave it some some biscuits that were shaped like, I think, like a Pokeball. And now it's my friend and it stays around. It's going to it's gonna help me look after all the other Pokemon okay. or something. Um, so I think you have a limited number of, like, biscuits you can give to Pokemon in the morning that have come to visit. And then you, they'll, those ones will stick around and they're in your Pokemon collection now. Okay. And the other ones get registered in your sleep decks. Uh, but there's also, like, there are some mechanics to, like, do during the day, which right. I, like, hadn't quite anticipated. So, like, uh, morning, uh, like, morning, midday, and evening, you can make meals for your Snorlax, which will change the kind of Pokemon that will get sort of a, uh, summoned to your park at Is night. Is this about proper nutrition or something? Um, maybe. it. It seems to be to do with, like, each Snorlax has, like, a particular type of meal it likes, and you're collecting ingredients from the Pokemon that have stuck around during the day to cook it meals, and if it likes the meals, better Pokemon will come and visit you at night. And if it doesn't, ghastlies only. <laughs> um, like, Pokemon will collect you berries, and you can sort of do stuff with those. There seems to be some things happening. Um, okay. I can already see... Where the mon some of the monetization is going to be, right? Um, so the game is very insistent to tell you when you first boot it up. Um, you can do everything for free. Nothing needs money. You can do everything for free. Nothing needs money. Well, premium, premium sleep pass, and we won't keep. I mean, vibrating your phone randomly next to your head. I mean, to wake you, you, back you, up. you joke you about that. I think there is a premium sleep pass. I'm trying to find where I where it was. That, okay, so there's a shop section. Uh -huh. Let me find it. There is the general shop and then the premium exchange. I see. So um, you can do ranked competitive snoozing. Yeah, so there is some kind of premium currency, I think. But there's also, where was it? There was a thing that was like a, it seemed like it was going to be like a battle pass or something. <laughs> uh, you could, so. Having a sleep off. <laughs> it's got the obligatory, um. Having a doze off. It should have been a doze off. <sighs> it's, it's got the obligatory, like, premium currency that you can buy in ridiculous quantities. Uh -huh. Even in this demo, uh, the, the beta. Uh, you could buy 7,000 diamonds for $149. Naturally, naturally. Uh, naturally. Uh, there is the easy, 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 easy travel ticket. Um, I can't remember where the other thing was. There was something that looked like it was like a, bu a, ba a bonus battle pass of some kind. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't understand currently why I would need to spend money on this, and I feel like, you don't need my money, you're buying my sleep data. Um... There's also multiplayer, and I don't know why the idea of having people on a friends list on this weirds me out so much. The idea of other people knowing when I fell asleep and woke up feels weirdly intimate. That's like, that's that's my info. You don't need to know how long it took me to get to sleep. I don't want to get a random text from someone who I'm friends with in Pokemon Sleep going, like, Are you okay? You never fucking like, sleep. Yeah, it's like, oh, you, you, you went to bed a bit late last night and it took you like 45 minutes to get to sleep. Well, you have a rough night. I'm like, you don't need to know that. That's for me. Um, but yeah, I fell asleep and I caught a Charmander and I saw some cute Mareep and I'm, look, I can't deny I think this is kind of kind of an adorable Trojan horse for stealing my personal data. As 
programs designed to steal my personal data go. This one's pretty cute and wholesome. And look, I know I know exactly that I have been suckered by it, but there was like two different kinds of snoozy Mareeps I saw last night. Right. I got to see different kinds of Mareeps. There was Newsy. Yeah. yeah. Some of them were like little little loafy sheep, and, and some of them were like little just lying down sheep. Right. And there was like a standing sheepy. There was, uh, which of the names? There was Fluffy Sleep, which was sort of curled up on the floor like a little kitty cat. And there was Pawning Sleep, where it was stood up but sort of wobbling left and right a little bit as it sort of dozed. I think yeah, that one was making biscuits and the other one is like a little pizza cat. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, it's it's stealing my personal data, but like it did wake me up in a like not wrenching me out of sleep way this morning, and I got to wake up to a Charmander. So like, I can't complain about it. I can't complain about it. I mean, you could, but you're not going to. I'm not going to. Yeah. Again, I I could. What about you? You played anything else this week? Um, played some more Planet Crafter. There's been an upgrade, up, upgrade, an update. This is that um, t- like terraforming space video game. Yeah, you start on a, a barren orange rock. There's there's no liquid water. Um, there's no no life at all, really. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta get it survivable. Yeah, submissive and breathable. <laughs> um, and eventually, if you sort of press through the game, you can start finding liquid water, and more areas will open up because, uh, like these. Blocks of ice will melt and uh, let you through. And I, I have enjoyed, like, I've started this game like three times, I think, from scratch. Yeah. Something like that. I have been very much enjoying that. Uh, I played a whole bunch on stream. And basically, it was like they've introduced a whole new thing, like amphibians. I didn't, didn't play when the amphibians, um, it, uh, update was uh, done so I had all that to experience and they have just added space trading mm. so don't really know what's going on first of all found frog found fork you found, find little like um, little rock pools basically around the map usually near wet places and there'll be like a couple of little frogs in there and a little bit of frog spawn and it's like hey you take the frog eggs and you put them in your machine and you can make fancier frog eggs so I did that. I made some fancy frogs. I got a bunch of very adorable neon this, blue, blue frogs. Yeah, little neon yeah. blue frogs. They are adorable. They look like if I touched them, I would be having a lovely time for at least six to eight hours. <laughs> um, there are uh, like there's a new butterfly farm, which means that you can spread. You can put two types of butterfly in it, and they will spread over a much larger area. So I have been sort of going around replacing all my old um, butterfly farms, which has been nice. Oh yeah, so there's been a whole plot where you keep going into different uh, areas and finding these things called warden keys. And the warden keys, uh, many of them will have like a a set of coordinates on them. So you squirrel yourself off to where that set of coordinates is. Yeah. And you, you... basically keep finding little things like remains of other people who lived here, possibly a civilization. And there's a whole plot going on, but I don't want to spoil it. And there is a way through the big scary giant door that led nowhere for Mm. most of the first few versions of the game. 
and I have just found like a whole other place that needs five keys to get through, but I haven't haven't properly explored it because I only found it at the end of the last stream. Uh, game is still a bit buggy because I was trying to follow the the uh, coordinates. I thought I was getting in the right direction. I hopped over some rocks. Uh, apparently, I should not have hopped over those rocks because I came to the place I was trying to get to from below the map where half of the things weren't rendered properly and then I kind of got stuck in there because it, in all of these uh, sort of plot relevant places it keeps turning off my jetpack hmm. so I was like I'm not going to be able to get back out of here am I? Ah! Luckily I did find a way so I managed to uh, escape back and then find the correct entrance to the area and uh, yeah it's a fascinating bit of world I am excited to find more plot for that area. Uh, bits of it are quite sad. Hmm. Um. Don't don't, don't want to spoil it. But um. And then as I got back to my base for the first time after that happening, uh, I have found that a bunch of crates had just landed on my base, ah. and they were filled with like space trading credits. So mm. I guess at some point now I will start doing whatever that is. But yeah, it's nice to get back in. I do feel like it's. I'm probably only like a couple of more major updates to the game before I'm just like I'm gonna start the whole thing again and That's see fair. see all the things. And I'm glad you're still feeling that way. Still about it. it. Um, my only real gripe was it with it was um, I found these big sphere things for um, a, a like a tier two aquarium previously. Mm. Basically, a a person sized. Um, water aquarium, like the height of a person standing and a bit, plus the height of a person lying down and a bit, um, which usually fits like two types of fish in. And now there are like these big biodome things that you can, they're half submitted, uh, submitted, submerged in water, and they will uh, hold up to four different types of fish. The fish look very cool in there, but no mm. sooner had I built my third one of those and planning to start moving all my fish around i unlocked the um like a, a fancy fish farm that basically just lets you put fish straight into water without needing to put them in aquariums Ooh. and it's less resources and produces more animals in less time so it's like oh well those two things were maybe a bit close together but again maybe that's cuz i had a bunch of terraforming points already and a bunch of other stuff I had already unlocked. But loving the butterflies, loving the fishes. I am loving the frogs. And I am hoping to see what what happens next. And the rest of the sad and weird plot. Uh, what about you? you played anything else? The only other thing I played is I kept chipping away at the Binding of Isaac. There is only one ending left for me to get. <gasps> the final ending. And I am not sufficiently talented enough to uh, get it yet. But I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Not sufficiently talented. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get good. Oh, you gotta get good. Yeah, I do not have the talents required to, uh, reliably beat uh, the boss. Before I don't know what the final boss is yet. I know that the one before it is Mom's Corpse, which I think I've only beaten once, and that is a that I think the only time I beat that boss was the time where I got the Pyromania and the Kamikaze in the same run, where. I, uh, explosions caused me to regain health, and I could press the active item button at any time to blow up, 
dealing damage to the enemy and healing myself because of the pyromania. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's the only time I've beaten that boss. Um, so I gotta beat that boss and then another boss to see the end of this game, so... Not much to report other than I'm continuing to chip away and I've almost beaten the final boss of uh, The Binding of Isaac. Any idea how you're doing for, um, the, like, unlocks and stuff? I, I don't know. There's probably a bunch of them I still gotta get, but uh. I'll work that out once I've, once I've beaten the final boss once, then I'll look at other stuff. I mean, I imagine you found a decent amount of it just playing through anyway? Just through, through sheer force of will, I've stumbled yeah. upon a good chunk of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you played anything else this week? Played a bit more Binding of Isaac, finally got through a greed mode. Uh, and now I have unlocked Lilith, and I'm really enjoying playing as Lilith. Yes. I like all the, the friends. Lilith is particularly fun in greed mode, um, because of how long you can get all the multi- all of the buddies to stick around. Yeah. But yes, L- Lilith's whole deal is duplicate like you have little friends that fire things and then you can use an item to duplicate them yeah and you just seem to just acquire more of them generally it does feel like stuff just just happens you just get more of those things but yeah really enjoying playing through with Lena so yeah uh, Lena is fun uh, we play anything else uh nothing we can talk about oh. we'll talk about stuff soon probably mm. well then time for this are you struggling with the sheer number of social media platforms you're currently expected to keep track of? I'm a creator and I have to be on all of them, otherwise people won't watch my shit. Introducing One Social, the website that will aggregate all of your social media feeds into one. <gasps> it functions in such a way that it feels like you're using only one social media platform. Yay! And not the eight Twitter competitors you're currently trying to juggle. One Social, because that's all the social I've got left, I'll be honest. Get rid of the stress of trying to juggle way too many tabs to keep up with the world. Thank you, OneSocial. Is that a tweet in my feed? Is it a Mastodon... What were they called? Toot? Is it a thread? Who knows? I'll see it anyway. Some of it might even be moderated. Do you like ordering in? Yeah! Do you have that one place that you really like that one thing they make? Yeah! Do you really like it exactly the same way every time? Yes! Do you hate it when people change it for a new and improved recipe? It's never improved. Come on down to Repeat Eat! It's the food delivery service that will get you the perfect same food every single time! Your order will be exactly the same, we promise we won't improve the recipe, we won't add random whey powder or take it out every six months! It's just exactly the thing you like, whenever you want it, for exactly as long as you need. Eat, repeat, because regular changes for underwear and neurotypicals. Thanks, repeat eat. Repeat eat. It's the same food every time. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Uh, not a lot this week, but we did watch at least one, like, very notable thing this week. Um, don't give any of your money to Disney. They're a terrible, evil, horrible corporation. But occasionally they stumble into something worthwhile. Uh, and this time, it is the animated anthology series, uh, Kiz, 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 Kazimoto, Generation Kiz, Fire. Kazazimoto, Generation Fire. My brain just failed to, or failed to complete that word there for a second. Um, so yeah, how would you describe, uh, Kaz- Kazazimoto? It is a um anthology um well an afro futurist um anthology series mm. and like many beautifully animated anthology series we sat there we watched it and we went I want a full season of that I want a full season of that I want a full season of that 
Um, I, it's one of the stronger anthologies I've watched in a while. I don't think oh, yeah. there was a single miss in it. It no? was there was no short in it. I would go. This one was a bit of a dud. There, there were some that were like I felt like it told the whole story, and that is yeah. probably the only reason why I wouldn't go more of that. But at the same time, would want more from the writers, more from that animation studio. Um, we had Herderboy, which was the first episode, which was about the herding weird future yeah. oxen that. When so, they feed, they, they grow these crystals? Yeah, so you have to find areas that have, like, grass and vegetation to feed these cyber animals so that they grow crystals, which seem to be the power source in that world. But there is there is some interesting stuff going on with, like... Spirits. Yeah. Ev- evil rogue enemy robot animals. Evil robot jackal things. Yeah. But also spirits that eat the cow. Yeah, what if what if being a shepherd involved occasionally having to fight off like a cyber wolf? Yes. Uh, <laughs> and the three primary shepherds are like really interesting. Yeah. Um you've got one that's like a robot and um the older sister of the main character who's just like, You're too young to be out here. It's like, no, I got my thing. I mean it's a bit I, I, said, I got the thing, I'm gonna do the thing. I will protect this one small cow. Yeah. Um and ultimately it's, was kind of instrumental to the whole thing. I, I really liked how that story um managed to keep the sort of themes of a shepherd caring about every single one of their flock. Uh keep that making sense in a setting where your flock is robots. Like keep, I keeping... can't tell if they were entirely robotic. But... In, entire, entirely possible I, that, that that's not the case, but it it certainly I was impressed at how well like they made that work in a sort of techno setting. And for something that's like twelve minutes long, I think they did an amazing job of establish worlds, establish like lore around the world yeah. and the, the way it works, establishing the characters so that you cared about them, that, that you understood some of their humour and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was that was really good. Enjoyed that. Um, next one was... Makuzi um, uh, the Spirit Racer. That was beautiful. Fucking incredible. I would love um, a whole series of that. Yeah, for anyone who's ever watched anything animated by Studio Trigger, who did um, Promare... Kill the kill, that that sort of thing. Um, this is uh, tonally and stylistically very similar, but in its own, it it definitely leans a bit more into things moving at very high speed while doing that sort of very colourful neon flame mm-hmm. uh, type of animation style. Fucking gorgeous! I've never seen a studio like step toe to toe with Studio Trigger like this effectively. Mm. Um, but like it's. It's fucking... It's so fucking good, this. Oh, yes. Oh, it's fucking gorgeous. Beautiful. Uh, the next one was... Oh, should we say anything about what that one was about? What that one was about? It was about a kid who wants to do, like, the illegal street racing thing, he's, basically. He's, he's got to do pod racing against an alien to stop his, his little village being taken over. Um, being purchased by a capitalist who's like, yeah. I just want to rematch your... Mother was it? Uh grandmother, I think. Uh, or yeah. yeah, your older female relative. It's like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the pod racer and we're gonna have a cool alien street race. And then shit gets wild. Shit does get wild. I that is one where I'm like, I I would so take a series of that. Yeah. Oh. That yeah, like I would watch that entire league. I would watch that as like random and and 
Like, it feels very anime in the whole sort of, like, the yeah. the protagonist right. who's very different from everyone else wants to do uh, the one particular skill yeah. has their anime rival. I, I, I think I said this at the time, but I would totally take a series that was like, this is the, the, uh, the pilot episode, and then you time skip forward, like, 15 years, and he has been training that whole time, ready for the day that, like, the story continues, and, like jumping in from there like i feel- I'd even take it starting from like the following week when he's like like mum's accepted that he can do the thing after I mean, winning the race but now he's got to get through the- all the leagues and try and get to I- the level where he's allowed to like recompete again yeah i mean you could do th- i feel like you could do the time skip and then a lot of that is like flashback episodes oh, yeah, of like t- 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 telling it through but like However you did it, I I would love to see this fleshed out. Oh yeah, into a full thing. Um, yes, beautiful art, beautiful pacing. Like the the way that episode handled speed was fantastic. Yes, its sense of momentum was unrivaled. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was uh, Moremi, oh, which uh, was a really big change of pace. It was a lot more. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's um. um so you have like. It, it's so you have this spirit child who is seemingly being raised by a, a possibly a clockwork or, or robot bird, mm-hmm. and it tells him stories and seems to like educate him about stuff. And then next thing you know, there's these snarling spirit, god-eating spirit, or was it soul-eating spirits or something? Yeah. And they are like a fantastic design, and they're just sort of just this un- seemingly completely unstoppable yeah. force. No matter what you put against them, they can they can keep coming. It's... And it seems like they basically found their way to this kid's little hideout. Yeah, by following this woman who apparently has jumped dimensions to try and yeah. rescue this kid. It's. For something that starts so action-packed, it ends very soulfully, and I think that it does a really good job of, like, making its core, like, human interaction feel like a really earned conclusion to something that started with such a sort of supernatural action premise. Yes. Like, it- I think it beautifully blends that sort of, um, folktale with, like, Futurist cyber type stuff. Yes, because like he's he's slightly unusual in the way he moves and stuff. He's also got this like heart oh. plug thing yes. that seems to power stuff or or be a, a source of some sort of energy. And you're just like, okay, I'll, uh, we've it, only got twelve minutes. I'll yeah. just accept it, whatever that is. It uses technology as a vehicle to tell a sort of more traditional story. And then also, like, at one point, intersperses with, like, we're going to tell this story like it's, um, and it's the kind of story that you might expect from, like, this is a story of legend. Yes. Uh, like, a, a story that is told and, like, passed down from generation Almost to generation. Almost, like, sort of passed down like a fable. Like your fables, your sagas, yeah. your, um, ancient Greek heroes, all, yeah. of, all of that sort of, the history of human storytelling type thing. Yeah. And the way that it does that sort of flashback story in what in a different show might easily have been like shadow puppets or something Mm. and then sort of goes into maybe it wasn't that long ago and 
we're still we're still talking about like this is a thing that involves possibly the gods being pissed off for one reason or another and these spirits while also very much going like cybernetics and stuff yeah um complete change of tone after that we've got surf sangoma this was the one with the drug octopus and the surfing yes Yes, a world where surfing is very dangerous, and if you want to do it, you probably need to stick an octopus on your face that will put drugs in you. But also, if you fall in the water, you'll probably be completely covered in drug octopi, and to maybe that's of, bad? Yeah, I'm guessing you OD and drown, um, and it is following uh, the, the, I think, grandson of a famous surfer who is afraid to go back in the water. Because grandma died. Yeah, and... Again, this gang are like basically oh, harassing him that, for the grandma's Yeah, that, that gang of surfers are so genuinely intimidating and terrifying. Like, yes. design and like just their whole demeanor yes. is perfectly unsettling. And the weird like octopus sucker uh, prints on their faces from yes. where they, they've clearly, um, uh, where they've clearly been abusing uh, octopus. It's, I, I've, I would hesitate to say that I know many things that do as effective a job of making like a a group of villains feel as scary as this does this quickly. Yes. Yeah, I and it goes pretty dark. Yeah. Like it, it is like yeah, someone might die here. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's I I really enjoyed it. I think the again is another one with like beautiful speed and motion and the characters in that were f- were fascinating yeah. and terrifying in a, in a way that felt believable. Uh, then we had first totem problems, yes, which feels very much like you condensed a Pixar film down into twelve minutes. It really does. It if if you put this alongside, say, um, Coco or Inside Out, yeah, it's it's very much that kind of narrative arc. With a bit of a twist on sort of what, like, the thing it's trying to tell, told in a very concise way. Yes, and I think Coco is a, a very good um, analogy for this, because it is very much about, like, family and family history and... Yeah, e- expectation of lineage. Yep, and just, like, the kind of in in squabbling you can get in a family. Mm. They love each other very much, but, like, they... Perhaps each want to do things in their own particular way. They may, and again, yeah. that can be in a way that a family have married together, or two families have married together, and at some point you've got maybe an auntie and an uncle who are like, no, we do things in the tradition of my family, no, we do things in the tradition of my family, and I, yeah. I think it captured that very well, while you have this very independent Charles who's like, I'm just going to try and do the best I can. Oh, I'm in the afterlife now. Well, I guess I have to sort things out with my ancestors. Yes, it... Co- Hijinks uh, ensue. Yeah, Coco and Encanto both sort of tonally yes. came to mind a bit in yeah. the vibes of how this deals with family. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few more. Uh, there was uh, Mukudzi, uh, which was about the uh, kid doing graffiti on the fancy monument. Um, and then everything goes a bit sideways. Yes. I don't know how much I want to say about this one. Same. This is one where I feel less able to describe the premise without, in some way, lessening it. What if your TikTok influencer 
was planning to uh to train to train uh dethrone number one best streamer Rastacat <laughs> uh was willing to go and um deface a uh like a, a memorial yeah uh, or, or was it a memorial i can't remember uh, it, was. it was the ruins of an old i think it was ruins of old zimbabwe yes something um like but yes i don't want to ruin where it goes but it was like it was really wholesome mm-hmm. um despite like also my... that hilarious mustache yes i yes i've never seen a better animated shitty teenage mustache than this mm-hmm. um fucking hate the protagonist up until i'm like actually okay you're all right <laughs> He is, he is, he is lovably insufferable. Um, I get it. Yeah. Uh, then there was, uh, Hatima, um, which was oh. fucking phenomenal. Um, I, I think that is the one, uh, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say things, but, um, yeah. it is a, there are the people of the sea, and mm. they have, uh, like, this magic water thing, uh, sort of ma- magic light source under the water that they use for healing. Yes. And then there is the overground people, and one of them uh, has been trying to steal some of this stuff that, hang on, didn't we just see this underwater a few minutes ago? Mm. And uh, like, trying to do experiments with it, and like, growing supersized plants. Yeah. But then you've got, I can't remember if it was parent, probably parent, but yeah. like an an elder in a position of power who was just like, nope, you 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 done naughty bad, um, and then she's like, don't worry, I've got more of the stuff, ha ha, yeah. and go goes goes for a swim in it. Yes, um, she's clearly not well. Um, yes, but not because she's willing to go bathing in like stuff. Yeah. Um. Again, this one I really don't want to say too much about because it it goes some places, but. This is, I think, of everything in the anthology, the one that's going to stick with me. Like, yes. as much as um, as Makuzi, um, the spirit racer, was, like, phenomenal to look at and very cool and very exciting. Yes. This is the one that, like, felt like it had something to say. And it told the story it was telling uh, in metaphor very clearly. And, yes. like, it didn't stray from too far from what it was trying to get across. Mm-hmm. And I think that the... The story it told had very clear parallels that, like, I think resonate really well. Mm-hmm. I think it is, like, a... It, it is a gut punch how effective oh, this yes. narrative is. And, like, if I was only going to be able to show one of these to someone, if I had to pick one of these to be like, this is the one I show people, yes. this might be it. Not because it's the most impressively animated, the coolest, and it's not one I would, like, unlike the Spirit Racer one, which I would love to see made into a series wouldn't necessarily want more of this. No, I, th- it, I think this is the most complete story of all of them. Mm. And, I mean, you could say that the the third one was also very complete, but I think this one is, like, the most complete story I, and beautiful and not even, sad. And, and not even complete in a traditional sense. It's not like you see the story through to its conclusion. It's just the way that it ends. I don't need to see where it goes. Yeah, like it, it, it told as much of the story as it needed to tell, and it's okay to step away. Uh, and also, I think that anything beyond that isn't the most interesting part of that story. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there's Stardust, which is about 
uh, an outcast. Uh, I, I get the impression she's like a homeless girl um, who manages to get to an oracle who's giving out people's pro- like prophecies destinies. of their their destinies, and goes, "Hey, I would like a destiny, please. I would like a prophecy." And the oracle's like, <laughs> "Yeah." G- gives her gives her a scroll, and the scroll opens, and there's nothing in it. And um, she's like, "Hey, I don't like that. I'm coming to find you. Yep. You gotta give. You've got to give me a destiny. I yep. deserve a destiny. Yeah. Um. It is a a fascinating story that seems to be covering a lot of things, and it it's a story about the people who maybe just need a little nudge. Like, yeah, it doesn't really matter what you suggest. They they they're just gonna go and do a thing." But there are some people who need to work their shit out for themselves. I, and that's quite yeah. important. And also, like, the importance of somebody recognising that about you, and yeah. you having to learn that on your own. I, I think this one was perhaps the... Well, I know perhaps about it. The most predictable as to where it was going. Yes. But that didn't mean that the execution wasn't superb. Like, the execution carried the perhaps predictable end point. Yes. Um, and also the the creature in it, the blue yes. rhinoceros dinosaur <laughs> thing, was the one that looked like adorable. it had a, a diamond that you would attach to a blade in Tears of the Kingdom yeah. on, uh, as its horn. Yeah, yeah, it looked adorable. Uh, we're nearly nearly done. We um, we've got you give me heart, which was the one about the guy becoming the uh, the the new god of creativity. Oh yes, yeah, so likes and favorites. In, yeah. in a world, it's it's a popularity contest for gods. Yeah. Um, yeah, it. I always love anything that leans into gods as people with personalities, often whom are a bit vindictive or like who have traditionally negative connotation personality traits. I mean, it's a lot of the like traditional stories of gods like yeah. greek gods you had the like a lot of jealousy a yeah. lot of fucking well, pagan gods you've got a lot yeah. of s- singing yeah. and fucking and partying well, that's and it. it makes me think dancing. of like your, your your sort of pantheons of trickster gods and gods that just go fucking everything and then being spiteful it's got yeah. like a modern version of that that i yes. think works quite well um it was really fun this one it was really fun. It was quite sweet in places. Yeah. And yeah, the, again, don't really want to spoil it, spoil too much of it. It, um, it was another that felt pretty complete as a yeah. narrative. And it, 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 I think it managed to capture the whole concept of the pantheon of God, the pantheon of gods that are clearly very human created. Yeah. In that there's the jealousy and, and all the other sort of typical interactions of, of your classic pantheon. But also bringing that into the making it a a modern tale about popularity contests and the you you present to the world and how that can be exhausting and and yeah. that like chasing for likes and and faves and followers and prayers mm-hmm. and um yeah I think that did a great job of sort of combining those. those things yeah and then what the last one uh, the last one is Inkai which. Was a oh. really interesting place to end. Yes, it was not the. It was a story that did not end the story itself or the anthology where I thought it would, and I really liked that. Yes, um, it felt like a really unexpected, nice end cap. 
Yes. Uh, I don't want to say too much about this one, especially anything beyond, like, the first half of it. Yeah. Because I think uh, its impact relies quite heavily in that. But it is primarily the story of a... What you might initially understand to be, like, just a child. Yeah. Who's having, like, fairy stories read to them um, by their mum. And mum has to go out and work. Yeah. But beyond that, there is also, like... Maybe it wasn't just a fairy story. Yeah. The child is like a like a, a demi god yeah. or, or well, child of the very god. early on. It's clear that there is some magic going on. There is a little animated, yeah. uh, animated wooden one? cat uh, that yes, that is animated in a different frame. I'll say this much: animated at a, the the, an, the brought to life sort of wooden cat is animated at a different frame rate to everything else in a much more stop motion style. And that effect works really well. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice touch of the animation in it. Also, the lighting in that one is amazing. Oh, yeah. But it is telling a story of a child who's been sort of left alone with yeah. all the powers of creativity. And meanwhile, there is something terrible going on outside. Yeah. I think there are going to be some people who hate the ending to this one. Really? I, I, I think... There will be people who feel that, like, they have... I, I, I don't know how much to say Again, I, like, yeah. I, I would love to discuss yes. it at some point, but I, I think yeah. more people should go watch it first. Yeah. In a couple of weeks, maybe we come back. But, maybe. like, I really love the ending to this, but I feel yes. like there are some people who will feel like it sidesteps the ending that they felt they needed, and... I get that, but to those people, I, would say I that's say quite entitled. I I agree. I very much agree. But like, it's the only one of these where I'm like, I think I think most people could watch these and generally agree this is fantastic. I think that is the one, if anything, in this that might divide some people, and that is a shame because I think it is a they made a wonderful I think it's choice. It's a beautiful story, and I cannot say why I think those people can fuck off. I think they can fuck off as well, but like that's yeah, that's the one. I find that one interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, because as a because Generation Fire, go watch it, go talk about it because yeah. Disney aren't fucking doing anything to advertise it. Um, yeah, which is shit. Yeah, because it's it's a good Afrofuturist um, anthology. It's beautiful animation. And it is just, you know, beautiful to get a bunch of black creators together and go, hey, we're gonna, do, we're gonna do a thing. And we're gonna, you know, tell stories that aren't all the USA good save, and, and the USA saves the world and white people are all, all the good peoples yeah. and things. And we have to dumb everything down or make sure that there's like, everyone has to understand everything. The fact yes. that, like, there's there's some things where they'll just, like, random, like, they'll be, like, m- predominantly the story will be in English, but, like, yeah. then you'll get, like, bits in Swahili. Yeah. And, um, uh, bits in Zulu. Yep, and it just won't, you won't be handheld through it, 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 it just happens and that's that. Yeah. Yeah, it is a fantastic anthology, um, yeah, can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah. Yeah. You watch anything else? Uh, that's it, really, for me yeah. this week. We it's caught not up with a bit a... of amphibia, but I can't say that it's more amphibia. We enjoyed it. Continuing to enjoy it, I'm enjoying seeing that sort of progress towards its end point. But also, anyone watching amphibia, very much enjoy it. But it really does 
it really does go, we'll give you, like, one bit of moving towards the plot for, like, one episode, and then side story for, like, another six. Yeah, it, it, it does. Is, it's Naruto's real hard. It is real reluctant to do more than one episode in a row progressing the main plot. It feels like they... I mean, yes, there are little things that are set up in pretty much every episode mm. that eventually comes to something else or, or expands something. But it feels like you could do a cut of, especially season three of Amphibia, that's probably 45 minutes long. Yeah. And tells, like, all the most important bits of that story. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I think the best example of this is we were watching an episode recently and without going into too much specifics, there are three gems and we have to go take them to places to do things with them. And they do the first one and then it's like, should we go do the second one right now? No, we'll go do it tomorrow morning. And then, like, two or three episodes of not going and doing that tomorrow morning happen. Yeah. Like, they explicitly set up, we'll get some rest and we'll go get right back out on this, and then they go do other things. Yeah. It The narrative is not consistent about the, the urgent pace of the mission sometimes. It really feels like they went, we've got an idea, and we reckon we can wrap it up in two seasons, and then Disney went, season one was very good and people loved it, now make four or five more. Because we want more of the money, please. They did that and then went, wait, actually, no, we've changed our mind, end it sooner. Was so, this another one of the pull it, polish it ones? My, my understanding is it's going to reach a point eventually where it will suddenly go, 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 we ran out of time, we've got to finish it. <sighs> Which yeah. makes these the, the frustration of these side episodes and again they're really fun they're really sweet they're fun they're very sweet the, the show just like isn't consistent about are we in silly side adventure time or are we in progressing the plot time yeah it it cannot it, it refuses to like get into a rhythm of moving the plot it when when characters are like but i can't bear to let you go i can't bear to see you go we're gonna be so sad when you go back to your home dimension it's it's that, but it's the it's it's Disney going. No, don't end the story now. Right, right. Um, which is, is, makes it very frustrating that they then <laughs> had to rush the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, did you watch anything else this week? Uh, not really. I thought I was going to have like a big thing to talk about, and then uh, it wasn't. I was like, ah, oh, cool, a documentary about Simon the Sorcerer. I remember playing those games, and it was like a forty-eight minute recap of the first game's plot. So, yep. Cool. The, I knew that. I played it. <laughs> yep. The voice acting's worse than I remember, but that's about <laughs> it. But yeah, uh, that's about all I watched. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. Hey, Laura. <gasps> what? We've got a new sponsor. We've got a new sponsor. Yeah. Totally sponsor. Well, you see the NFTs. That they were. I sure did see that they existed. Right, and you remember, like, that they were quite exclusive, some of them, very difficult to get. Oh, I do remember when, like, you know, uh, celebrities were paying, like, hundreds of thousands for their their disgruntled gorilla NFTs or whatever yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you remember, like, the, you know, millions of pounds spent, hundreds of thousands of pounds. Yeah, people spent. being like, oh, this will definitely go up in value. Yeah, this, this, why My, and for a, for a yeah. day... It did. My rare, my rare chimp JPEG will uh, will, will yeah. skyrocket in value. Oh, but it's yeah, but it's not the JPEG you're playing for. It's the it's the receipt link. for the JPEG. Exactly, it's the receipt for the JPEG. <laughs> and 
you, like any good tax filing responsible citizen, should keep your receipts because the receipts are back. <sighs> That's right. Uh, come on down to the discount board eight warehouse. We've got them. We've got hundreds of them. How how we got hundreds of them? What's what's happened? What's occurred? Well, they have become available. Mm, I'm reading. No, no, we're not allowed to. They said not oh. to read any of that bit or that bit. Oh, that what? Bit, or what, the, the, those what, eighteen pages what, the there. What the bit there that says about loan nope. collateral in the market? Nah, la 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 la. Yeah. Okay, none of that. No one yeah. had that. No one had their apes repossessed. No, no. None of them. They they all possess their original them still. No yeah, one... these are slightly different because the algorithm made a different minted. The, yeah. These ones are minty fresh. So I I shouldn't talk Several... about how the bank sold them all off because people no. couldn't afford their loans. No, no, these these are all genuine celebrity previously owned, but original somehow and brand new discount board a that you can get and you too can have a hexagon profile picture or fucking whatever and just I, just a bad image of a, uh, an ape of something. I too can pretend to be a rich asshole. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. And, you know, you won't have to make somebody whose brand is Stoned Monkey Radio sad if they try and draw their a new version of their own avatar because people are like, it's not the bird, it's because it's bad pixel art. It's like, fuck you, Roger. <laughs> fuck that. No, I'm not bitter. Anyway, so you can get the things, the things that are cheap now, and you can pretend to be a fucking 2019 tech bastard. Look, I know, I know they're our sponsor, and like, I'm supposed to be encouraging people to, uh, to go get discount board apes from the warehouse, but like, I would pay for a hexagonal picture of of your uh, your your Danny. little your little pixel image. That's Danny the monkey. Yeah, a stoned I, monkey of stoned monkey. Yeah, video. I would go get a stoned monkey rather than one of the uh, go did uh, sponsor uh, use our oh, sponsor. Yeah, sponsor. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna come get one of your JPEGs. Two seven eight. You can work it out from there. <laughs> Discount codes and whatnot. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we love predatory monetization. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Love uh, making people addicted to spending all their money through uh, fear of missing out and other Mm -hmm. manipulative Mm -hmm. tactics. That is the good shit. Exactly. But we have recently come under some fire for uh, manipulative practices, you know, the uh, targeting people who have uh, compulsions and getting them to spend money they can't resist, etc. Yeah. Um, And, you know... They're trying to push us to, you know, be less predatory. Right. But right. I've been coming up with another solution. Right. Let's uh, hear it. So here's what I've been working on. Right. Um, I reckon we can get away with just as much abuse of monetization. Yeah. Excellent. We just put a notice in the game. Right. You know, maybe on first boot up that simply tells people to be less addicted. Right. You know, have so, you tried simply not being addicted? Yeah, we'll just put a message up when you, the game starts. It's something like, um, hey, a healthy life balance means not being addicted to our video game monetization. So uh, now you've been informed, it wouldn't be a healthy life choice for you to get addicted to our game. Go right. outside sometimes, you know. Yeah. Uh, so 
if you get addicted, it's your fault, not ours. We, yeah, we I did mean, tell you that's not a healthy life yeah, choice. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's in, in the EULA, right? But also, like, we are seen to be doing more. Look, we have dissuaded them. Yeah, we, we you know, we put up a message on screen occasionally that goes, Hey, we see your spending pattern indicates you are cripplingly addicted to uh, purchasing our microtransactions. Good work, well done. Good work, well done. Um, but just, have you simply just, tried... Not being addicted yeah. while also spending as much money yeah. and continuing to play the game. Uh, are you aware that, um, you know, deba de debilitating levels of addiction to spending money on loot boxes could be adverse to your finances? Are you aware of that? It could be. Cool, huh? But it might not be. It might know? not be cool. Take a gamble on it. Take why a don't gamble on it. You, you love taking a gamble on right. things. Right? Do you want to bet fifty bucks on on the possibility <laughs> that it isn't? Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to bet fifty? Nothing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Double, double mm -hmm. down. Hundred bucks says that you won't get addicted. You'll be the yeah. exception. The supremacy box, though, right? Yeah. It's not like. Shooty bucks. Yeah, shooty bucks. All shooty bucks. Yeah, shooty bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's not called shooty bucks, get the guys downstairs to call them shooty bucks. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, because, I mean, if it works for, like, the gambling industry, like, ah, gambling. Gamble, gamble, gamble. We have big prizes. Gamble, gamble, gamble. Please gamble responsibly. Exactly. It's like the alcohol people. Drink, drink our drink. Drink our drink. It's alcoholic. You love our alcohol. It's yeah. so alcoholic. Drink responsibly. Oh, I always remember, it's like, this is the Drink Aware campaign. So oh, like, yeah, Drink yeah, Aware. Yeah. I'm aware I'm drinking. Exactly. Loot it's box 9 a.m. Loot box aware. Loot box aware. Ah, ah. <laughs> Are you aware? We have loot boxes. Yeah. Be, be aware. Be aware. You, you sure are buying loot boxes. It would be really cool if you got addicted, but, you know, mm-mm-mm. Addiction is, by definition, technically bad. I'm not saying you're addicted. But, you could stop you know, anytime bad you wanted, used to mean like... good, so, you know, maybe... Oh, like, yeah, addiction, that's, that's bad. It's a sickness, and, you know, sick is, I believe, yeah. what the children still... Yeah, say, get, to, get down with the sickness. Down with the sickness. Get down with ah, the ah, 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 Yeah. Ah, ah, you ah. are a fucking genius. Ah, 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 I know. So, what have you put in your ears? Again, not a lot. Yeah. It's, it's been a week full of secret shit that's been eating up all the time. Um... I've been continuing to catch up on Welcome to Night Vale when we do our, our like, semi-regular go for a little swim in the morning. Um, I'm, like, 70-ish episodes in, oh, so yeah. I'm get I'm almost caught back up to where the first audiobook happens. Ah. Um, I'm continuing to really enjoy it still, but again, I, I maintain what I've been saying for a while. I love Welcome to Night Vale, but I need a weird liminal space to listen to it in. I literally can't listen to it outside of... Mm -hmm. It used to be listening to this strange town's mysterious, surreal radio station while doing my 5am walk to work where yeah. there was no one around and it was yeah. pitch black and it was just me walking for an hour. Mm -hmm. Now it's... I'm swimming around a swimming pool and, like, you know, the rest of the world doesn't exist. I'm in a swimming pool right now. Yep. The, the world... Forget about it. Mm -hmm. I... I cannot listen outside of weird liminal spaces, and I'm glad that swimming has created one of those for me, even mm. if that means, like, two episodes a week on the weeks that we swim, mm. uh, trying to slowly catch up. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, because I was enjoying it enough, and I was so proud of having made more progress on it, and I kind of stopped dead. But I have been really enjoying the current season of Dice Funk. Yeah, Although I am now caught up on that, and... 
there's a bunch of other stuff that I'm just like not really listening to anymore. Mm. Um, like SCP Archive seems to have dropped off a little bit. There have been new episodes, but they've not been super engaging. Um, Someone Dies in This Elevator, I think, is finished now. We are still waiting for Magnus Protocol, which I don't even think is happening until next year. Yeah. Oh, you know what I, I, I've been feeling like revisiting at some point soon? And it's only, I think, like 12 episodes long. Uh, so I might do it at some point. And I'm going to have to remember, it's not the name of... Uh, oh, sorry, yeah. It's it's Within the Wires. Ah. Did you ever listen to Within the Wires? Uh, I think so. Maybe I listened to, like, the first episode or something. Yeah, Is so... Is this the one that's, like, hypnosis tapes or something? Kind of. Um, so each season of Within the Wires, I only really got into the first season. Uh, each season's a self-contained story. Uh, but the first season of Within the Wires is... A bunch of cassette tapes being provided that are like um like relaxation and calming tapes that you very quickly get the sense that like this is someone locked in some kind of facility being given tapes that are meant to be like and calm and relax like and the program. Yeah. And a little bit sort of be sort of subservient and obedient. And then it you start getting these like, oh, someone's tampering with these tapes and getting messages in that they're not supposed to be, and you start getting like the beginnings of there is someone out there who's trying to help me escape through the medium of tapes. It's a like really program. <laughs> yeah, it's a really interesting story that, um, compared to the program, less way um, less terrifying. Way less terrifying. <laughs> way way more about like slow ambient uh, world building that like slowly change like pulls back the curtain over maybe twelve episodes. I feel like I listened to the first season of this. And then, like, started listening to the second season, and it was so drastically different. I was just like, yeah, don't care. Yeah, that's very much how I was. But I kind of want to go back and re-listen to season one. I remember really enjoying it. And oh. it's one of those, I just kind of fancy, like, a condensed audio narrative that I can just listen to from start to finish again. Mm. And I remember feeling very fo- positive about that one. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What did you listen to this week? Um, I, yeah, not a lot really, to be honest. I have been listening through, uh, or trying to find, like, the best examples of, um, like, adventure music and tavern music and boss battle music because we are, um, gonna be playing some more Frosthaven soon. Yeah, And the, I need to find some and, and get them... Uh, get them downloaded because whenever we try and watch them on YouTube, adverts will jump in every time we switch back to the YouTube app from the Foreteller app. Yeah. So, yes, I wanted to listen to the thing. Play that again. Okay, and here's more adverts. Like, fuck you, YouTube. You have created a problem and then tried to sell me a solution. I'm not getting YouTube premium. Fuck you. Um, but yeah, uh, lots of like ambient music for go on adventure. And, yeah. um, I'm excited to go on an adventure because we've paid a lot for Frosthaven. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, we're looking forward to listening to it. Uh, you listen to anything else? No, that's about it for me. Well, then. <gasps> Time for this. Would you look at that? Look in the inbox there. It's that person who's always coming back in to join the, uh, the, the COVID trials. They've had so many injections at this point. Look at that. Oh, it's so nice to see people willing to come back and participate. It must mean that we're doing a good job as scientists, that um, they're willing to keep coming oh back. Oh no, and... oh no, you've not been here long at all, have you? 
I mean, I've been here uh, six months, which I think mm-hmm. seems That like is a- not nearly long enough. You are unaware. Yeah, you no, are unaware of the prophecy. No, no, it says right there they've done like eight different vaccines. Yes, and this is, so why we must, this is why we must stop them. Eight, more than eight is too many. There is a prophecy of the neurodivergent singularity who will heal all disease, produce clean renewable energy, and show humanity the way to a glorious socialist utopia. Well, that sounds perfect. Why would we want to not do that? We work for a pharmaceutical company. They'd pour us a concrete lab coat and throw us in a British river for even attempting it. British river? Ooh. Right. We cannot let this keep going. We're very sorry you've got too much Myrna or platelets or something. Too many platelets. General, we have dealt with the alien menace. Uh, oh, that, that's good. That's good. Good. Obviously, we shot them down. Yes, We have yes. taken their space uh, craft into uh, storage. Yes. We have uh, told everyone that it was um, some swamp gas that oh, they, they saw. Oh, of course, of Not course. to worry about the surface-to-air missiles or the crash or the the screaming of the three uh, alien life forms we found. Um, we have uh, imprisoned them for a while. We've now dissected them so we can learn all about their anatomy. Oh, fascinating. And we fascinating. plan to uh, take their ship apart in the hopes of advancing our technology. Indeed. To indeed. a much higher level. Good so, work, good work. Meanwhile, on Blordox 3... <laughs> Did you hear about those arsehole billionaires that went on a space safari to the Milky Way? Oh yes, the ones that didn't even have cloaking tech. Yes, apparently got shot down by the primitive dominant species of some backwater planet, and they got vivisated. La 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 I feel no sympathy for these billionaires. Eat the rich, or, you know, send them to Earth. 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 Earth, I think that's it. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Larry. How you doing? Yeah, no, man, you, you been up so much? Uh, I've been, uh, oh, you know, I've been uh, watching some of the, uh, uh, some of the stuff going on around some Pride events going on recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, it's good to see people out in the streets having a, you know, having a good old protesty shout and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good seeing that. Yeah. But, uh, got me thinking about a thing that uh, I think about every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, so I mean, I've been thinking about anger, and, you know, anger is a very healthy thing, I think, for, uh, for you know, people in uh, oppressed uh, minority groups to feel toward their oppressor, I think. I, I think it's uh, understandable when, yeah. you know, we... We can't go around just policing people for you know. You know oh, you're not you're not protesting right. You know you're yeah. You, know, you get into the realms of re- respectability politics at that yeah. point. That doesn't know any good. Yeah, you know you you can be critical of someone's actions, maybe not being helpful optically, but I think yeah. that you know uh, anger is a motivating emotion and it is a justified emotion. It is a, uh, an emotion that gets people doing shit and it's an emotion that gets people fighting back against oppression, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, there have historically been many groups who have been sort of demonised uh, for being angry about their oppression. You know, yeah. uh, you know, it, you, we see it with sort of with sort of uh, black people being demonised for uh, being angry about their oppression because yeah. uh, it it was sort of used to fuel tropes of of uh, black people who are inherently more angry. Yeah. You've seen we've seen it with like lots of different groups oh, uh, yeah, historically yeah. and. One group we're seeing it with, particularly at the moment, is trans women. Like, oh, yeah. We're seeing yeah. it sort of weaponized against the trans community generally, but I think specifically trans women. You see it in this 
yeah. very insidious way of uh, if a trans woman is angry that they are being oppressed and you know has a bit of a shout and goes yeah, I'm yeah. fucking fed up with being oppressed uh, you know the response from an anti-trans lot will be to point at them and go See the violent angry man. Anger, that's a man emotion. You can't be a woman unless you only feel girl emotions, like sad or sweet or... Cooking. Cooking. Cooking is indeed a a woman emotion on their list. Uh, According, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It feels like... You know what? If it's Mm. not an emotion that Princess Peach had in that one DS game where her superpower was girl emotions, then you're not allowed to have it. Right. And like... This is the thing, is because, like, you know, it, it's not an, an original playbook, you know, wep- uh, uh, villainizing the anger of an oppressed class and yeah. using it as an excuse of why they shouldn't be allowed rights. Again, yeah. you know, going back to the example of, like, black people were, you know, demonized with the threat of, like, oh, the fact they're angry means that they're dangerous and shouldn't be given rights. Yeah. You know, we see... Oh, and, in, and in fact, we will, you know, take away certain rights. Like, Indeed. You know, we need to stop the Black Panthers driving around with guns because they are making our police feel somewhat intimidated. So Indeed. We now yeah. need to control how they have guns in the US. And, and also, we, we need to look at the fact, the, the way that uh, not only does it get policed... But history loves loves to get rewritten by these these same people. It's like, oh, yeah. well, well, you know, the civil rights movement was uh, was always very peaceful, and and <laughs> they, they <laughs> got everything. Uh, well, let's not forget, like Nina Simone has talked about, like openly being like ready to just you know unload rifles or uh, white uh, white nationalists and, yeah. and, and, and like, police and so forth. You know, yeah. the, this, they talk about all oh, how the suffragettes won won the right to vote. They, they rarely mention, you know, the bombings and the arson Indeed. and all the other and, things. And again, you know, there's problems with the suffragettes. They were, you know, oh, yes. uh, definitely uh, fighting for rights for a specific type of womanhood. Well, again, I think the suffragettes are like a good example to point to, though, because... You you do not see retroactively today people saying the suffragettes, because they used anger and violence to get their political aims, were less woman because of it. Yeah. You know, we historically look back and go, they were angry, they were being oppressed, and they used violence to achieve what they needed to. Oh, yeah. But that is not afforded to trans women, and oh, I think yeah. that uh, it's going to be a very long time before that is awarded to trans women. Agreed. Because, you know, there is such an easy fallback of if you, if you, you know express the same anger that so many uh, oppressed minority groups before you have expressed, you will very specifically have your identity, uh, you know, uh, no longer validated. It will be no longer accepted because, oh, you're displaying maleness as if women can't be angry about shit. And again, it's not a unique experience for trans women, but it is an experience that trans women are very specifically in the uh, eye of the storm of right now. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Terribly frustrating. And, you know, I think it's why when uh, when, uh, Trans Pride in in Brighton a year ago, a couple of years ago, they had a a whole thing where, um, because... Uh, all that stuff kicked off at London Pride with the, with the turfs at the front of the march and you know being allowed to to march ahead of of the march and the the what was considered later you know bad optics for that you know that um, bright transpired Brighton made the effort of like okay first of all we're going to get a bunch of L with a T and G with a T groups down yeah. and then at that point if uh, you know any um, transphobes do show up and, and try and pull a similar stunt. They will be the ones to interact with them. It's like, please, no one, you know, from the actual march itself 
get involved with that, these are the people who will be confronting that because at that point their arguments fall apart. Yeah, exactly. In theory, I mean, we, we've we've seen how you know they. Uh, the transphobes aren't above just going. Well, you know, all your handmaidens because you're you're yeah. giving into the you're, you're giving into the TRAs or whatever the fuck else they're uh, they're slinging slurs at uh, trans people right now. Yeah, terribly frustrating. Yeah. <sighs> Where's the hug? Oh yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Good hug, mate. Good hug. Good hug. Right, I think I'm going to have a little nap. Oh, sounds like a plan. Nice, nice. So, Laura. Yes? You're one of them internet people, I right? I do do stuff on the internet. Yeah. Um, well, wh- where where will people find all the things that you do? People can find all the things I do at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, Blue Sky, Mastodon. Uh, threads, all the places. Laura K. Buzz, you find me. Laura K. Buzz everywhere. What about you? What about me? I can be found at linkter.ee slash janiac. J-A-N-E-I-A-C. I make t-shirts and music and uh, edit this podcast and I do streaming and you can find VODs of those streams. Uh, you can help me out at Patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify 76 hour week, constant exhaustion, and a desire to do things for other people's entertainment. Um, also if you head over to stonemonkeyradio.blog, I wrote a, uh, wrote a, wrote a review. I finally did. did a new review after like three years of yeah. paying for a website and not actually up- uploading anything <laughs> to it. Um, yeah, I did a review for Dredge. I, um, talk about like, the things I enjoyed about it, and some of the the lovely art for it, yeah. and uh, yeah, I am I am glad to be doing more of that, and I hope to to keep going with that uh, in 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 the near future. And Laura, yeah, I think that's everything. So <gasps> will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>